G'day. Welcome back to Super Freak. If you are setting goals to try and get yourself out of a plateau or to prove your point or to prove yourself to someone else, you need to hear this podcast. I'm going to help you stop focusing on the outcome as the way to get there, meaning I'm going to help you actually get there and enjoy the ride. And we're going to do something besides just looking at the end step and imagining the end step and doing what we do when we set goals is like thinking about the goal itself. We're going to do something way easier and way more fun as well, especially if you're doing something that feels impossible that no one before you has ever done, maybe no one in your family, no one that you know, or someone that you know, but you don't feel like, you you know, it feels impossible to you. It's a really big stretch. I'm going to help you make it happen in a way that is way easier than just, you know, thinking about it all the time. And then when we do it like that, you can make it happen in a way that's easy to repeat on repeat whenever you want and to grow from as well. So when I work with my clients, my main focus is helping them not to just get what they want. Holy shit, there's a huge lizard thing outside my office. Okay, I need to pause this podcast for a second. (laughs) okay I'm back I'm leaving that in there because this like big water dragon thing ran over climbed up on a fence right outside my office and the two dogs have bailed it up on the fence and we just had to rectify the situation anyway country living at its finest on we go so when I work with my clients my main focus besides caring for water dragons and giant lizards is helping clients become who they need to be to get where it is that they're going instead of just on the goal itself. Sounds really personal development-y, whatever, but why do I do this? It sounds unconventional. We may or may not have a dog barking in the background of this entire episode, but I'm determined to get on with it. It does sound unconventional. It sounds a bit woo-woo. It sounds a bit like a cop-out at first, like focus on who you need to become. But think about it this way, right? I could push you so hard to get what you want within the time frame that we've got together as your coach. But at what cost? I've been there. My clients have been there. We know burnout. We know that it's not just about the outcome. It's about what the outcome means for our lives. That's why we set goals in the first place. Otherwise, why are we doing it? We're no longer creating goals if you've ever experienced burnout just to prove ourselves as good enough or to keep up with the Joneses or to justify something or to make a point. If you're trying to prove something or keep up with the Joneses, you risk completely losing yourself. You risk burnout. You risk wasting time on a goal that's not even yours to begin with. And that's a pretty hard pill to swallow when it happens. And it happens to the best of us. The kind of people who work with me, like you, super freaks, are done with that kind of behavior. And honestly, I think it's a phase many or most of us go through naturally, trying to please or appease others or prove that we can do something and then potentially burning out and realizing or questioning like, what's it all for anyway? So instead of working with people just to attain an outcome, which is so utterly boring to me and to make sure that we're going for things we actually want that align with who we are and the big picture of our lives, first, we need to get clear on who you are and what you want. Then we work out who you need to become, what your idea of success is, what qualities you need to develop in order to become that person who has that thing. And then we get to work on making it happen by tracking the work you're doing to become the person, not necessarily just to get the thing. Why do we do this? Because when someone wants to create something utterly impossible, when someone wants to create something 
that maybe hasn't been done before or hasn't been done before yourself, it can literally feel like setting a goal is throwing a coin into a fountain or shooting a paper airplane off a cliff and hoping it lands where it's supposed to go. It's full of wishing. It's full of hoping. It's full of visualization and not being certain. The other thing we can end up doing is working ourselves so damn hard to make sure that we justify how big the goal is and to make sure we're doing everything in our power, we overwork it and we don't end up enjoying the process. We might end up getting there, but if we do, we need a bloody big nap at the end of it. We don't want to go for it again. There's no chance of going bigger because we've exhausted ourselves. It's not sustainable. Now, the best part is when you focus on the things I just mentioned before, what your version of success is, making sure it's a goal you actually want, aligning it with the big picture of your life, who you need to become and the qualities you need to develop. When you focus on these things, instead of just the outcome itself, not only are you more likely to achieve the outcome, you're more likely to achieve it in a way that feels like such an easy walkthrough process that energizes you. You can keep going. You can go for more. You can do it again. You can repeat it. You could go all damn day. Now that is sexy. That is sustainable. If you cross the finish line by clawing your way over it, you can't wait for the whole damn thing to be over so you can go and eat a Macca's apple pie or actually take a nap. You're doing it in an unsustainable way. You also risk feeling like it was a fluke, having imposter syndrome. You're less likely to want to do it again and let alone keep doing it. And it makes going any further feel even more impossible, right? Again, to me, that's a hard pill to swallow when it comes to coaching you. I always say to my clients, I don't really care how the next six to 12 months goes because while you're adapting to a new way of being, you're going to have ups and downs and life's going to happen around you and it's going to distract you from the journey of becoming who you need to become. I'm more focused on you getting what you want long-term and staying there than you are getting what you want while I'm working with you. It'd be really good for both of our egos, but it's not always sustainable. I would prefer to run into you in a few years time and you tell me the story of how you have everything you could ever want and you're onto even more wonderful things now because of what we did. This is a game of exponential, sustainable success, not just quick wins, okay? In other words, we're here for the long game, baby. So let's make this real. It could be something totally unconventional or seemingly impossible or really quite high stakes that you want to create, like landing a role in a huge movie or winning a world title in a sporting tournament or being promoted to a role nobody like you has ever landed in or having your project put in front of the right people at the right time so that it actually gets seen and it gets used. It could be an income goal that feels impossible to you right now or a type of lifestyle that you want to live that you just can't see how it would ever happen based on your life stage or the things that are up for you, the challenges that feel like they're in the way of that. Now, the mistake would be to focus just on the outcome, like the income goal or the thing that you want, and just on the logical steps to get there. The mistake would be to think of it in its big, glitzy form. The mistake would be to make it separate or different from any other day. Ding, 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 half time. Hello. If you love what we're talking about in this episode, I really think you would love what we do inside of the Fierce Salon. The Fierce Salon is a six-month coaching and training experience where I train people to become the type of person they need to become in order to 
have lives and businesses that are profitable. They are full of freedom. They have discretionary time and discretionary income to do what you want to change the world. And I would love to invite you to have a conversation with me about it. We're kicking off in April and I will leave a link underneath this episode if that sounds like something kind of exciting to you. All right, back to the episode. Ciao. Now, this is where I get a little bit unconventional, but this is everything my work is based on. The distinction is 42 reverse punches, 42 reverse punches. This is what we do to destroy the glitz of the goal and make it happen sustainably, easily, repeatably, energizingly, if that's a word, 42 reverse punches. That's what I said to myself about winning world titles in martial arts. I kind of made it up, right? Listen, I wasn't the best athlete. I wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the tallest. I wasn't the fastest. Maybe I was the fastest only when I needed to be, right? I wasn't the scariest. I didn't have the most experience. I didn't even train the most. Heck, I was studying for my HSC the first time I won a world title. And for the rest of my career in martial arts, I had really hectic university degree going on. And then I had chronic fatigue. I had to take a few years off. It wasn't about being the best at everything that made me win. And it's (laughs) I've discovered this not just for myself. My clients know this too. It's not about being the best. It was about destroying the idea, the glitz of the world title and making it no big deal, just like any other day at training. I had to become someone who didn't actually care about the title, but just about what I had to do to get it. My senseis used to say, find order in chaos. And this is similar to that. Now, while it was really so easy to get caught up in the drama and the chaos of what was going on, because there always was drama and chaos and sometimes even politics, the person who wins is focused on the task at hand and does not get distracted by the drama. It's about just getting to the next point. So instead of being distracted by the huge crowd or the timers, or the whistles, or the scoreboard, or the people screaming at you, or the pressure of this whole thing being a world title, or the scary, really intimidating look on your opponent's face, or maybe even who they were, like if they were one of my friends, or the fact that we'd all traveled across the other side of the world and invested two years of our lives in training, and spare time, and lack of sleep, and then tens of thousands of dollars just to get there, Instead of all of that, you just have to focus on the next point, which is not easy to do, but this is what winners do. So in my tournaments, even if we had about, this is how I got to 42 reverse punches, right? Even if we had like 150 people competing in the women's black belt open weight division, it was a knockout. So from 150, you're down to 75 in the first round. From 75, you're down to about 37 or so, then 18, then nine, then four, then two, then one. We never had more than 150 people competing. That was a huge competition. It was more like 80, maybe 120, I don't know. So the maximum number of rounds I would ever have to do was about seven. I think the most I've ever fought was five or six, maybe seven. I don't actually remember. There was one year where they'd mucked up the draw on something and I had to do an extra fight, like more than anyone else. But anyway, in the fight, So I wouldn't do more than seven rounds. In the fight, we had three minutes to score three full points. Each technique was either a half a point or a full point. So a punch to the stomach, and my favorite, was in a certain stance called a reverse punch. So a reverse punch, that was a half point. A punch to the back of the head or a kick to the head, that was a full point. Now being conservative, I'd need to score six half points to get to three full points, right? We're doing some math here. 
three full points on the scoreboard, six half points. If I just got those six half points first, I win. If I had no more than seven rounds, then in order to win a whole world title, I needed to do six punches seven times faster than my opponent. Six times seven, 42. 42 reverse punches. If I'm being conservative and I don't do any full point techniques and I have seven whole rounds, 42 reverse punches equals world title. Now, that's how I broke it down. I completely destroyed the drama. How do you think I would fare compared to someone who was high on adrenaline, who had invited all their friends to come and watch them? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I wish my friends would come and watch me more. <laughs> They've totally missed out now because I've left karate. But, you know, there's extra pressure with friends and family coming to watch you. And instead of focusing on what they were doing, they were thinking about looking good in front of their friends or someone had attached their sense of self-worth to winning this tournament or they'd given up so much of their life to sacrifice and they'd say to themselves, if they don't win, it would be all or nothing. Imagine how I would fare to someone who, instead of you know working on their technique, tried to psych everyone out around them and look really tough and it was like an ego game. How do you think I'd fare against someone who's worried about losing while they're in the ring or someone who's focusing on me and what I might be thinking and trying to outplay me or psych me out, right? So much drama goes into these big goals and it just doesn't have to. 42 reverse punches is a distinction. It's not about martial arts. It's about focusing on what actually makes a difference in attaining the goal, making it so disappointingly, disgustingly, unglamorously simple, destroying the glitz and the drama of the whole thing and making it as boring <laughs> and as doing the dishes. I would have done 42 reverse punches at training every 10 minutes. It was literally nothing. And when you can trim away all the frills from the goal and make it that simple, you free up so much energy, so much time, so much bandwidth, and so much of your ability to focus on getting the damn job done. Now, when you're going for a goal with so many unknown variables and so many things that are completely out of your control, like someone needs to choose you or you have to be in the right place at the right time. Things that even involve other people saying yes, like selling, like if you're running a business, you need to find tangible, easy to follow actions that it actually does take to create the results. Some people would say the things that move the needle forward. This breaks it down into tiny little manageable steps that you, my friend, are completely in control of in an uncontrollable world. That's where we really gain traction and find so much personal power. It also takes the heat off the end step. It takes away the drama. In this case, in and around all my other training, it was 42 reverse punches faster than my opponent. That was how world titles were won. But if you're in business, instead of focusing on an outcome, such as say an amount of money or profit percentage or something, think about what are the tiny things you need to do every day that eventually lead to that outcome anyway. In business, we don't know who exactly is going to end up with a seat at the table as a client or a customer. All we know is there are seats available and someone to fill them, or it might be coffee cups available to be drunk from, right? You get what I'm saying. Make this your own. It's actually none of our business who it is because it's not really in our control who it's going to be unless you become a pushy salesperson, which I don't recommend. Instead, focusing on the things that are in your control that you can do every day, such as having initial conversations with the right people, such as having incredible work that you can do with them, or maybe even connecting with the right people to find those you will have initial conversations with. This is within your control. It depends on your business, right? Networking depends on your business. You might have a coffee shop. It'll be different. But a lot of folks in business 
think about the outcome they want and then the steps it takes to get there and then they get so caught up in getting those steps right like ticking all the right boxes i know i've been caught in this trap too steps like have a website have social media networking and then they forget or they don't know that there are very simple things you can do every day to grow a business that you'll have to do even when those steps are complete the things that actually make the difference in someone saying wow out of all the websites in the world i choose you out of all the people doing what you do there's something about you i choose you things like connecting with people like genuine connection not creepy weird i'm only reaching out to you because i need something connection and being of service and doing the work to market the thing that you're selling with integrity if it's some kind of say athletic outcome There'll be elements that are within your control, like a certain type of timing or type of exercise under certain conditions, right? So um, to do 42 reverse punches and be undistracted, one of the ways we used to train was order from chaos. It was like we had to simulate these things going wrong. And I've mentioned this in other podcasts before where someone would pretend would pretend that there was like it was two and a half full point. Like you just, that another person was like two points or almost three points ahead and there were 30 seconds on the clock and we had to catch up. So it wasn't just like, get those punches in fast. It was like, get six punches in proper points really quickly. Find order from chaos. Like look at all the different ways you might have to get those six points in and practice, practice, practice. And that's within your control, right? What's not in my control is the judge What's not in my control is how I feel on the day. What's not in my control is who I'm fighting and how they're feeling. But what I can control is how much chaos I can overcome within my training and simulating reality as much as possible. Now let's move on to the example of having a best-selling book. Now, having a best-selling book requires many, many people to purchase your book if you're doing it right. And that's about writing at first. If you don't even have the book, it's about writing and it's about doing the things that you know make a difference to people developing some kind of trust and attention and wanting to get to know more about you and potentially buying the book. Having a thriving, profitable coaching business is about more than anything, it's about building relationships. Having a fit body will include movement, maybe some macro tracking, although don't ask me how to do that because I'm only learning it and I'm not an expert, right? Landing a role in a major motion picture is more about becoming the kind of artist who stands out in an audition room for the role more than anyone, which means becoming the type of person who can let themselves be seen without being attached to whether or not people like it. Otherwise, you get a certain type of very insecure person who places their worth on being chosen and risks not really being themselves, which is a surefire way to blend in, by the way. This applies for all businesses. Sure, there's like talent involved, but it would be a mistake to just focus on talent because there are so many talented people in the world who we do not know. There are so many talented people in the world who we never find in life, in business, wherever it is that we're going. It is about having the right marketing, having a website, all that stuff, but there are so many people who have all the right things and tick all the right boxes and don't have that certain je ne sais quoi, except we do know. It's that they're making so much meaning of the end step. The glitz of the goal is so big, we end up creating the perfect system to stay away from it. The perfect system within ourselves to remain small, to remain invisible, to not get there because the glitz of the goal is too big. We become intimidated by it. Do you see? The secret is in looking beyond the outcome and the expected steps to take because everyone's got a bloody seven step 
system they could sell you to get where you want to go, if it really worked, then we wouldn't even need to talk about the six steps because everyone would be successful, right? But those are the foundations anyway. The foundations are in the expected steps to take, but they're not the difference that makes the difference. Then your skills layer in on top of that. But again, they're not the difference that makes the difference because there are plenty of unskilled people who get what they want. It's not just about having talent, is it? It's the skill of unpacking the type of person you need to become, the characteristics of those at the top and the true actions that move the needle forward. From there, my friend, you destroy the goal. You absolutely destroy it. That's what I'm here to teach you to do. A million dollars. Think about that kind of imagery it conjures up. A million dollars. Now put it to the side. Put all that like (laughs) amazing flashy car imagery to the side. A million is 1,000 times 1,000. It's 100 times 10,000. Break it down. Destroy the glitz and you'll have something to focus on that will be able to be tracked, that you will know if you get there, that you can work towards, tick off and walk over the finish line like it's no more exciting than doing the dishes. And you will thank me because when you do that, when it is a little bit boring, you know you've got more in you. You know this is the beginning. You know you've trained yourself not only to just smash through things, but to become the type of person you need to be. Okay, now I'm gonna give you some questions to help you destroy the outcome yourself, okay? I'll pop these in the show notes as well, and you can have a little journaling session and let me know how you go. Number one, what's the thing I want? Everybody has a thing that they want. Don't lie, don't lie to yourself. You do know what you want. The thing I'll say about this is dream in isolation, okay? So often we tell ourselves, I don't know what I want. But we do, we've just got these weird ideas about if we can, if we're allowed to, you know, who am I to dream that big? What if I fail? Blah, blah, blah. You know what you want. Everybody knows what they want. I have literally never met a human being on earth who, when we really break it down, doesn't have a thing that they want. So take my word for it. You've got a dream in isolation of the how, put it to the side and just think about what you want. Number two, what characteristics Do the people at the top of their game in this field embody? Or if you don't know anyone, you don't have to know them personally. They could be somewhere else throughout history, another culture, another time, or another world. Uh, What kind of characteristics do I know I need to embody? Okay, that's number two. Three, outside of talent and steps to get there, what are the tiny actions I could do every single day that I could track that would move the needle forward in me becoming that person? I want to give you a little side note here. When you clarify this, when you clarify the type of person you need to become, it helps you very easily distinguish what is a distraction and what is a perhaps like a one of those snakes and ladders moments, right? Where the ladder like takes you further or closer towards the goal and the distraction would be a snake. When you are aware of the type of person you need to become, there will be opportunities that present themselves to you. And you might look at it and go, oh, I really want to do this. Is this a distraction? I'm not sure. When you line it up with the person you want to become, you can simply ask yourself, does this make me more or less of who I want to be? Okay, so that's number three. Number four, how can I destroy this outcome to its most pure, raw, 42 reverse punches form? Right now, that might look like everyday tracking, one thing that you did to become the person you need to become. It might be, have I practiced order from chaos? It might be, have I tracked my macros? Again, don't ask me how to do that. I'm learning how to do it. It might be, 
Have I walked the steps that I want to walk every single day? Could it be, have I written 500 words or half a page or for half an hour, right? You get what I'm saying. How can I destroy this outcome into its most raw, pure 42 reverse punches forms? Maybe it might be, I just need to be in the right place in the right time, but my job is actually to be the kind of person who gets seen in that moment. Okay, so destroying all the drama, all the glitz of the goal to, I just need to be who I need to be and it could happen in any moment. Okay, so I want to hear from you. Come on over to hayleycar.tv forward slash superfreak dash podcast. I'll link it in the show notes. And let me know in the comments, what is your big goal and what are you destroying it to become? Give me a suggestion. I can help you. Remember, everything you want is so much closer than you think, my friend. So stay curious, stay open, and I will see you soon.